Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, where you can create a new account today. Go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code UGA. It's so simple, guys, and they will double your very first deposit. Whatever that deposit is, they will double it. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I am your host, Tyler, and joining me today, as he does each and every Sunday during the college football season, Georgia Game or Not, is my co-host, Curtis. Obviously, yes, the dogs were off this week, so there is no game to recap. We had a stress-free weekend, unless you're one of those who partakes in sports betting and you had a few wagers that you were sweating out, but there was no Georgia stress this week. So that's nice in its own way, but with there being no game, We've got to do something a little bit different today. So what we're going to do is we're going to hand out our mid-season awards. I wanted to get this done last week. Yes, I know it probably made more sense to do it during the week last week, but I also wanted to wait for Curtis to be able to jump on and do this one with me. So we just pushed it off to today. No big deal. We're going to get it done today. And we're going to try to keep this one pretty simple, guys. Sometimes, you know, these things can get a little weird when people do award shows, because some of the awards don't make a lot of sense. They get a little too fancy, try to get a little too cute. So we're not going to do that. I'm not a super creative guy. I, I own that. It's fine. So we're just going to try to keep it pretty straightforward for you guys. I'm a pretty straightforward guy, so that's what we're going to go with. We've got six awards for each side of the ball, 12 awards in all. And we're going we're gonna to leave it open-ended. No nominees here. This isn't the Oscars. I'm not going to give Curtis like forward options to choose from. It's just going to be open-ended. Whoever we want to give it to, that's who's going to get it. So I'll introduce the award, I'll explain it, and we will each give you our winners. For some of these awards, those winners might be the same players. Some of them, they're going to be different players. Curtis and I have not discussed our thoughts on these other than to say, okay, well, what awards do we want to give out? That's really the extent of it. We might agree, we might disagree, who knows? We'll find out. But let's go ahead, Curtis, and let's get started. I'll give you the option. What side of the ball do you want to kick things off with? I say we start on defense. Defense, yeah. Defense is the way to go here. Because, you know, the narrative coming into the season, Curtis, obviously, was that the defense, well, there's no way that Georgia's defense can be as dominant as they were last year. And I guess statistically that's true, but it's really not that far off. I mean, the difference so far statistically has been relatively negligible. I would still argue that, yes, last year we were better, but this defense is still getting the job done. We're in the top ten in almost every major defensive statistical category 
there is, at least through our halfway point here. But our first award of the day, Curtis, let's go ahead and get right to it, is for the breakthrough player. So this is our defensive breakthrough player. So this is an award for a player that has not been an impact player to this point in his career, but has broken through to become a big-time contributor and an impact player this season. So, Curtis, who gets your defensive breakthrough player award? Me, I, I'm going to go with Warren Brinson. I think that with how long he's been on campus, and he's kind of someone that kind of flirted around with trying to get some PT, and especially last year he was buried behind some of those guys that, as we all saw, went high in the draft. And it seems like this year he's really taken that next step and become a force on the defensive line. I actually really like that pick. Warren Brinson is a guy that we've talked about a couple of times. It feels like more and more with each passing week, right? Yeah, he's getting better and better every week. Absolutely. And one thing that he gives us on the interior that maybe a guy like Nas Stackhouse and Zion Lowe do not give us, especially in the absence of a guy like Jalen Carter, who is the force that he is, he gives us more of that interior pass rush, that disruptive force on the interior, whether it's pass rush or there's tackles for loss. He is consistently in the backfield curse. Now, he's not the type of player that's going to sit there and, and hold the point of attack the way that Jordan Davis did or the way that Nas Stackhouse has done for us this year, but that's okay. We don't want every player to be the exact same player. Like We need different kinds of guys, different types of bodies, different kinds of athletes on the interior of the defensive line that can help us win in different ways. That's what you, I mean, that's, a, that's how you create matchup problems with situational players. And he had, Warren Brinson has 100% been that for us. But honestly, he's been more than just a situational guy. Yes, we do bring him in in passing situations and use him on the interior as a pass rusher. But he's playing standard downs too, and he's playing it very well. And I mean, it's not that he's not holding up the point of attack against throwing. He's doing that very well. I've been very impressed with that. But what he gives us as a disruptive force there in the interior um, in terms of just being able to penetrate in the backfield, I think is um, it's certainly something that I don't think enough people are really talking about, but I think he's been a, a very good player for us. I, I like that pick a, a lot there, man. Mine might be kind of cheating. I'm not going to lie here. Um, is it cheating, Curtis, if I just go pop Dum- Dumas Johnson? No, I mean, that's that's kind of where I was thinking originally, but I just wanted to kind of go with someone who I think had been here longer. Yeah, and I mean, uh, spoiler alert here, I might or might not have pop for another award later on here uh, as we go through these, but I, if I'm thinking about breakthrough player, which player, and honestly, Curtis, there's a couple of guys. That I think this is the one that was hardest for me on the defense side of the ball. I think we're so young and experienced on that side of the ball. There's a number of guys. I mean, I like Warren Brinson. I think not Stackhouse is a guy that you could mention. I think Pop. I mean, Smile Mondin before the injury, I think, could go in there. I mean, even Malachi Starks is a true freshman. I mean, any number of guys you can throw out there, and I think they all would be deserving. But I'm going to go with Pop here because he's leading the team in tackles right now with 33 tackles on the year. He's second in tackles for loss with four, second in sacks with two. Um, hasn't been a dynamic pass rusher, but we like no one has been a dynamic pass rusher for us this year. I mean, we're dead last in the SEC in sacks. But I, I think the reason I'm going to go with Pop here is that we just lost so many big-time players in that position. There's a major void there at inside linebacker. We talked about it all offseason. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we haven't skipped a beat losing the guys we lost last year in Kobe and Quay and Channing. But honestly, it's been hard to notice too much of a drop-off outside of maybe the pass rush numbers. We're not getting the sack numbers and the, and the hurry numbers as much as we did maybe from that position last year. But, I mean, he's playing at an extraordinarily high level. He's been a leader on that defense in the middle of the defense. And I think in terms of breakthrough guys, yeah, we all kind of expected him to be that guy based off what we saw from his spring practice and what we heard coming out of the reports. And he was kind of the heir apparent, him and Smile. But – you still have to go out there and do it. And he has done it at an extraordinarily high level for a, for, for a guy that's really playing meaningful snaps for the first time in his career. And Curtis, he 
rarely comes off the field. We're not rotating that position nearly as much as we did last year's. You know, when they've been healthy, it's been primarily smile and pop and, and maybe Tresman here and there. I know Ryan Davis has been in the mix here a little bit over the past couple of weeks with, with smiles injury, but pop has been the rock. He's been the, the steady constant there for us. I think he's definitely been a breakthrough player for the first half of the season here for us as we um, continue on through the 2022 season. All right. Next one here, Curtis, who is our most undervalued defensive player so this is the player that does a great job for us game in and game out but just kind of flies under the radar I, honestly i think you know the, the guy you mentioned for your breakthrough player i think warren brinson could be a candidate for this as well but who are you going with as your most undervalued defensive player i'm actually going with nolan smith and the reason i say that is yes everyone talks about him and all these things i don't think anyone i don't think people actually truly appreciate what he does stopping the run and just the senior leadership he brings to this team that is an absolutely fantastic pick, Curtis. You're, you're right. I mean, I think – actually, I know why – I mean, we know why no one flies on the radar, right? It's yeah, the sack he, Yeah, it's the sack numbers and him being the, you know, the number one player at the time. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's an expectations thing. He's a victim of expectations. He was the number one overall recruit when he came out of high school. My IMG Academy, big-time player, big-time get for us. We were all excited about that. You know, that was when we had the transition there and we brought in Dan Lanning. We didn't know if he was going to flip somewhere because he – was he leaning somewhere else? I, we didn't know, but Dan Lanning came in and um, and calmed him down and, and, and made everything okay. And Nolan ends up coming to Georgia, and we're like, okay, this is awesome. Now we have this dynamic pass rush. It's what we've been needing. It's what we've been missing. And, and he hasn't been that. He hasn't been a dynamic pass rusher. He is leading the team in sacks right now with three. But he's been a good pass rusher for us since he's been here. We just haven't used him. Honestly, a lot of it's usage. And through most of his career, we haven't really used him that way. That's I think it's a big part of it. But I, I'm going to go back to what you said, Curtis. You're exactly right. I, honestly, I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't care about the sack numbers, but he, what he brings us as a run defender on the edge, and, and actually an undersized run defender, by the way, Curtis, the way he blows up and the way that he closes against pulling guards, he has been nothing short of elite. He's an absolutely elite edge defender against the run. There's zero questions about it. the way he uses his hands, the way he plays with leverage. He's physical at the point of attack. And he has been dynamic in that role for us, not just this year, last year as well. But, you know, the average fan doesn't want to talk about Nolan Smith's ability to defend the run on the edge and how he can close against pulling guards and things like that. They don't want to see the sack numbers. And when those sack numbers aren't there, he's kind of, I don't want to say an afterthought, but people, you know, look over him and he kind of flies on the radar there. So I think that's a fantastic pick, man. I am going to go. So you went with a defensive lineman with your breakthrough player. I'm going to go with a defensive lineman with my most undervalued player. I mentioned him a little earlier. I'm going to go with Nazir Stackhouse. Curtis, this is a guy that, honestly, if you asked me last year, is he ever going to factor in to our defensive line plans? I would have said, I don't know. They're kind of like a big shoulder shrug. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Not sure. But uh, I would have been wrong uh, if somebody would have asked me that last year because this guy has been – he's been a force for us on the interior. Now, he – let, let, let's make sure we, you know, put this in perspective here. He is not Jordan Davis, okay? He is not. We've said it all year, and he was never going to be Jordan Davis. He doesn't eat up space. He doesn't dominate game plans like Jordan Davis. No, he doesn't do that. But you don't have to be Jordan Davis to be a big-time player for us up front. And that's what Nas has been. Nas has been a big-time player for us up front, guys. He's been a rock there, anchoring in the middle. He's been very tough to move. He's reading blocks really well. He's in position. And he's doing everything that's been asked of him and doing extraordinarily well. And he's one that, you know, I gave Pop Dumas John, uh, Dumas Johnson my Breakthrough Player Award. And, again, hint, hint, he might get another award here later for me. But those linebackers, 
don't make those plays without guys like Nas Stackhouse doing their job, doing that dirty work there in the middle of that defense. I think Nas is certainly deserving of that most undervalued player award. Next up, Curtis, let's go to our Impact Freshman Award. So this is for the defensive player uh, who is a true freshman who has come in and made the most immediate impact. There are, honestly, Curtis, I think there's two options here to go with uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Who gets your Impact Freshman Award? I mean, I, I feel like it's, it, yes, there's two options, but it's a no-brainer that it is Malachi Starks. I mean, just look at the, the plays he's made. You go back to week one, you, um, the interception just shows you have the athletic ability. And it seems week in and week out, he is getting better. He's getting coached up. Um, he's taking that coaching. And you just see him getting more and more comfortable. Like, yes, you see all the skill, the athleticism show out, but it's the other stuff that you're starting to see more. I mean, it's you knew that he had the talent, right, coming out of Jefferson High School. So the wow plays, like the interception you mentioned against Oregon, I'm not necessarily surprised by those because I knew what kind of athlete this guy was. What I have been just so incredibly impressed with when it comes to Malachi Starks is how dependable he's been and how consistent he's been in being where he's supposed to be. Now, there were a couple of plays in the first game as Oregon where he was not where he was supposed to be, and we pointed those out. Um, but that, again, to be expected in the first game – on that kind of stage, and we were fortunate we didn't get burned there. But since that point, since he kind of taken over as the starter, I'm not. He has not been perfect. He's not. I'm not saying he's always where he's supposed to be at all times. But you do not see those busts in the back end. Curtis, you and I talked about this preseason. We were going over our position battles and we were projecting who we thought were going to win these position battles. And you and I both said we thought it would be Dan Lanning, if I remember correctly, right? I think we both said that would be Dan Lanning. And then one of those younger guys, we thought maybe it was David Daniel. I didn't think it was me, Malachi Starks. I thought Malachi was the most talented guy. That's what I said at the time. But when you're a true freshman, I had a really hard time believing that he was going to factor in as a starter at any point this year because Kirby Smart put such a premium on being able to trust those guys in the back, and especially the safety position where you are the line of last defense. If you blow a coverage, if you bust, it is six for the other team. And Kirby does not – I mean, guys, like that is one of the, that's one of his cardinal sins is giving up explosive plays. You cannot do that. you got to make the team actually go down the field, length of the field, drive after drive, and earn it the hard way. And so that's why I felt that Malachi Starks, as talented as I knew he was, would not be a starter. I thought that maybe he would work in, in certain situations, maybe comes in the dying package or a money defender or something like that. But I was wrong. Malachi – not only is he an incredibly talented athlete, but this guy has been everywhere he needs to be. He's not busting assignments, and he has earned the trust of the coach. And that tells you how good this guy is, Curtis. When you've earned the trust of Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp, who's a defensive back guy by trade also, both these guys who are hard on DBs have put this kind of trust and this kind of faith in a true freshman to go out there in SEC games, big-time moments, and know where to be. And he has responded and made big-time plays for us. So, I also have Malachi Starks. The other one would be Michael Williams, who has been really good for us as well. Um, he hasn't been starting the past couple of games, but he's, he's still playing starter snaps. But uh, I think you're right, Curtis. It's a no-brainer right now with how Malachi Starks has come out uh, really since week one and just been a fantastic addition for us in that back end. Really kind of changed the back end for us. I really believe that. And guys, we have a lot more to cover today, many more awards to hand out. Before we go any further, I do just want to take a quick second and remind you about our guys at my bookie. As we come off the bye week and hit the stretch run, there are a lot of big-time games left to be played, which also means there are a ton of big-time games left to bet on. There is money to be made out there, guys. Charlie and I are doing our best to help you guys make some of that cash, align those pockets each and every week with our Picks of the Week episode. And my bookie is the place to place those bets. 
They have the best odds. They have the best options. They've got parlays. They've got round robins. They've got props. They've got futures. Anything and everything that you guys would want to bet on, my bookie has it. And on top of all that, if that's not enough, they're offering you guys, listeners of the Glory UGA podcast, an exclusive promo right now where you can get a 100% bonus on your first deposit for all new users. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, sign up for a new account, use the promo code UGA, and boom, you've got that 100% deposit bonus in your account for you guys to go ahead and start betting and making some money with. So go ahead, do that today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, Curtis, our next award here is uh, this is the Grit Award, right? This is the Grit, AKA Tough Guy Award. And this is the award that goes to the defensive player who's the most hard-nosed, tough-as-nail guy out there, the guy that does the dirty work and just and also relishes doing the dirty work. And uh, I, I kind of like the undervalued to a degree, but it's just that toughness aspect to it that makes this one a little bit different, Curtis. So for your grit award, who gets it for the defensive side of the ball? For the defensive side of the ball, that's, I'm going to – it's probably, I think, where you may be going, but I'm going to go pop. All right, sell me on pop in the middle of that defense. Not that I need selling. But sell me anyway. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like Pop. Yes, he's athletic, but I think the biggest thing is he's not the most athletic guy out of that linebacker position. He's closer to like a Monty Rice, so it means like he excels in stopping the run and things. But he he's not the best at pass defense. But he's been putting in the work and gotten better and better there. And I and you just see him. It doesn't matter where the plays are. He just seems to at least be there and be always in the middle of everything. Yeah, Curtis, this is a this is a tough one. I mean, that's a, that's a good pick there, Curtis. You're right. Um, I I had a hard time with this one. There's a couple of ways I was going. I changed it a couple of different times. I was trying to not repeat players. I'm trying to give some love to different guys. Nas Stackhouse, you know, I gave him the most undervalued player. He's the one I really strongly consider for the grid award. Because like when you play nose guarders, you play zero tech. I mean, that's just a gritty position by definition. So I. I wanted to go with him, but I gave him the most undervalued player yeah. award. So I want to spread some love out to some different guys. You already mentioned Warren Brinson, so I don't want to give it to him. He was a guy I considered. Zion Logue, has, I don't know if he's played enough to get that award. So this seems kind of counterintuitive because you think like Gritty is like, you know, somebody in the front seven, right? And I, and I like the pot pick. It's a good pick. 
I'm going to go with Chris Smith. All right. I'm going to go Chris Smith here. And the reason I'm going to go with Chris Smith is I do think like hard nose, tough as nails. I think he fits that to a T. I'm going to go back to early in his career. Curtis, this is another guy that, you know, if you would ask me two, three years in his career, is Chris Smith ever going to factor in? I'm like, who? Chris Smith? Like, no. But he has worked himself in the lineup. You know, in 2020, when Richard LeCount had that injury, I mean, I'm, thank God Richard didn't get more injured than he was. And you lose LeCount like that, and Chris Smith comes in. And, of course, I don't think we missed a beat, honestly, with Chris Smith coming in. This guy, all he did without having immediate success, honestly, a couple of years of no success, and not even really seeing the field, not being in the conversation. And he comes in in that moment for Richard LeCount, one of our one of the better players on our defense. And through the rest of that season, he played lights out for us. And he honestly, I really believe that we did not miss. And I love Richard LeCount. It's not a shot at Richard. I, this is just saying how good I think Chris Smith is. He spent all those years working and grinding and getting better, putting his head down and just going to work. To me, that is grit personified. And now when he the way he plays, I think he plays on the safety position with, with a little bit of grit, with like a tough kind of. Uh, demeanor about me. He's a hard hitter. He'll bring the wood. He flies around the field. And uh, I I love this guy. I think he likes being kind of an old school sitting, trying to bring that. Now he, he's not like a, I'm not saying he's a Thomas Davis or a Greg Blue type hitter, but I think if you consider his experience, his background, getting to this point as a Georgia football player, having to work and grind to get there, and the way he plays the game, I'm going to go Christmas. He's certainly not the most athletic guy out there, Curtis, but he plays at a high level for us week in and week out. All right, two more awards on the defense side of the ball before we move over to the other side. Curtis, let's go. This next one, this is not a specific player, but this is for the best defensive play through the first half of the season. I think there's one for me, Curtis. I think it's kind of obvious. I'm curious if you feel the same way. What is your best play of the season to this point? I'm going with the Malachi Starks pick against Oregon. It's got to. It's got to be that one, right? I mean, yeah. That you. I mean, that was the one everyone talked about, and that's what we've had. I mean, you've had some nice plays, but I think that was the one that everyone. It was the one that when you were at the game or watching it, you had to stop and just appreciate it. And, and honestly, Curtis, like we haven't. We had one close game, right, against Missouri. Yeah. Other than that, like we haven't had these like moments where we had to have these huge defensive stops. You know what I mean? So it's not like like yeah. oh my god, if we don't, if he doesn't make that play, like we maybe lose that game. And I know we had to step up and make some plays in the Missouri game. There, were, I was trying to think, Dave, were there any plays that stood out to me in that game? Like, I guess okay. Malachi starts chasing the guy down, but that, I mean, it wasn't exactly like you, that was you appreciated later, but it's not like in the moment you don't think of it. That was that was the one I was going to go with. You're exactly right, Malachi chasing the was it was it Pete? No, it was no, it was um Schrader. It was Schrader, the running back on the inside on the outside zone play, chasing him down and forcing the field goal right. And I, I can't sit here and say for sure that if he doesn't make that play, we lose that game. But um, probably, though, Curtis, right, if he doesn't make that play? I probably think so. I think that you kind of – once you're in that hole, it's hard to yeah, get out. Yeah, I mean, just the, just the mental – the way that seems mentally to you, like to overcome that kind of deficit. You know, we're talking a three-score deficit, Curtis. And the way our offense was struggling, I mean, that was struggle bus for us, man, struggle city. So I'm actually going to go with that play. Um, I, I, I think Malachi starts the Oregon interception was the obvious one uh, off the top of my head. Cause that was just a wow play. Right. But since you went with that one, I'm going to go with a different player. Now I will say I, your pick is fantastic, man. Cause that was, you know, that's the one that first jumped to my mind because you know, it was only seven, nothing when he made that interception. Right. And the receiver was yeah. open. I remember I was sitting there in the stands and I don't know if you had the same feeling. Chris, I thought that the ball was about to be completed and I was like, Oh shit. 
you know, but Malachi comes in there and just makes this ridiculous play and then kind of snowball from there. I think you can maybe argue Chris Smith's interception also when Oregon was kind of driving our territory. I think it was 14 nothing at that point. And then from there, it was just over. It was just done. Um, so those are two big plays. But to me, the biggest play so far defensively has been Malachi Starks chasing down Schrader, um, attacking basically on the one-yard line that allowed us to – gave us the chance to try to force him to kick a field goal and not score a touchdown there. And, again, you can't say for sure we lose that game if he doesn't make that play. But I think, man, it would have been a lot tougher win that game at the very, very, very least. There's a good chance we would have lost that game. And where would we be right now losing to – Missouri, who almost lost to Vanderbilt at home yesterday, Curtis. So, yeah, I, to me, I'm going to go with that Malachi Stars play against Missouri. I'm going there. All right, final defensive award here, Curtis. This is the big one. Defensive MVP. Now, everyone defines MVP how they define MVP. You know, it's it's whatever. People have their different definitions for that. I'm going to define it as the player whose contributions have been most critical to the team's success. So, Curtis, through the first seven games of the season – who is your defensive MVP? I have to go with Pop. I think that he, like you said, he hasn't really come off the field much. I think he's been Mr. Everything so far for this defense, trying to hold it together. Yeah, and then, and so this is the spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, Pop is my defensive MVP. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I don't want to repeat myself too much here, but basically the same things I said when I gave him my, my breakthrough player award. I mean, we lost, Kurt, think about the guys that we lost that position last year. I mean, we're talking about some all-timers. I mean, I mean, N'Kobe Dean, all-timer, at inside linebacker. I think Quay. I mean, Quay never got that kind of love. But, I mean, I told y'all coming into last season, I thought Quay was going to get drafted higher than N'Kobe Dean. And, I mean, you don't get all of them, right? But, you know, he ended up being drafted higher because he just had the physical profile. I think Quay was fantastic for us and never got enough love. And Channing was a great blitzer for us. Channing had his limitations. But he also was a great player for us as well. Losing all three of those guys who – made a basic like a hundred percent of our meaningful defensive snaps last year and having to replace them with guys that have not really played at all highly talented guys sure but haven't really played and for pop to come in and replace that kind of production the way that he has and not the same kind of you know he's not the same type player as a guy like Chang Tindall or Quay Walker but he has played at such a high level for us been a leader in that defense he's been a rock for us as we were saying he's not Coming off the field much, man, especially now with Smile being out. He's playing a ton of snaps for us. He's, um, he's been fantastic. And, again, like I'm not going to say that we haven't skipped a beat inside linebackers. Those guys were incredibly talented and so good for us. But it's been negligible at, at, at worst, I think, in terms of like the, the drop-off from where we were last year. So definitely for me, uh, Pop Dumas Johnson gets my MVP award. I mean, Curtis, if you were going to get like an um, honorable mention MVP, who would you go with? So to me, it was pretty obvious it was Pop. Yeah, I would I, I'd actually say Chris Smith. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking Chris. I, honestly, I was thinking Malachi Starks, to be honest with you. But I was like, you know, Chris, the yeah. leadership there, the pinnability. I, I think Chris, didn't he make an argument for him? I think he made an argument for Nas Stackhouse too, Curtis, honestly. But yeah, I think Pop is, is the one that I'm going to go with here. I think he's done. He's been more critical to our success. At least in my opinion. Now that's coming from an old linebacker, old linebacker coach. So I'm, I'm certainly not impartial there. But I'm going to go with Pop. Okay, Kurt, moving over to the offensive side of the ball. We have the same exact awards. We're just doing it with our offensive players now. So let's go from the top and work our way through it. Our breakthrough offensive player. So, again, this is the player that has not been an impact player to this point in his career, but through the first half of the season has now broken through to become a big-time contributor and impact player for us this season. Kurt, this is another one that, I mean, I really spent about 0.3 seconds thinking about this one. This was pretty obvious to me. Who are you going with? I'm going Dejan Edwards. Was this the most obvious one? I, I think it might have been. 
it was the more you thought about it at first. I kind of was thinking Kenny Macintosh because he, I mean, because he hadn't been a big time contributor. But you, but you look at where Dejan has come, where he just always he was only getting garbage duty. Yeah, I get that Kenny Mac is like Kenny Mac's never been a feature back before, but at least he's played some in big moments, right? Yeah. Um, Dejan hasn't like you're right. Just garbage time is all he's ever played, and no one, like very few people, considered him even a, remotely a factor in the running back competition coming in this year. Now, you and I were talking about it in the in the preseason talking about the running back competition. It's like you know. I know he's not this big-time recruit. I know he doesn't have the physical profile of Kendall or Kenny, some of these guys, or obviously Branson. But he just produces, man. And I thought he'd find his way in the rotation to some degree. Now, did I think that he would be this good for us and be this important for us? No. I cannot sit here in a straight face with a straight face and tell you that. But, I mean, Curtis, he leads us in rushing right now. I, I Even – I was kind of taking up for him in the offseason and saying, I think this guy is going to be – a guy that gets some carries, you know, five, ten, you know, five, six, seven carries a game. Maybe he'll get some meaningful carries to spell some of these guys, to spell Kenny, uh, to spell Kendall and Kenny. But I would have laughed in your face if you told me Dejan Edwards was going to lead the team in rushing through the first seven games. But that's exactly what has happened. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not leading the SEC in rushing. Three hundred thirty-six yards, five point eight yards a carry, but he also leads the team with five touchdowns. Curl, let me ask you this: I. I I honestly think that this is the case. I think that Dejan Edwards has become our go-to back. Is that – am I going too far with that? It feels like it. I mean, I don't I mean, think it's outlandish. I mean, think about this, Curtis. When we need to ice games, right, whether it's the Kent State game, whether it was the Missouri game, to win that game, whether it's the Auburn game, it was him and Branson. But trying to ice games is Dejan Edwards. Who are we bringing in the red zone, Curtis? Dejan Edwards. Dejan Edwards. This guy, when we need a play – when we need, when it's closing time or it's winning time, and we need to score, Dejan Edwards is the guy that's getting the rock. So I don't know if we have like a true go-to back, but I think he's been the closest thing to it for us through the first seven games of the season. So with all that in mind, I, mean, I think it's pretty clear to me. Again, I didn't think about this for even a second. Dejan Edwards is the breakthrough offensive player through the first seven games. All right, Kurt, next up, we've got the most undervalued offensive player. Again, this is the player that does a great job for us game in and game out but for some reason just kind of flies under the radar. Who gets your most undervalued player award? Undervalued player? Ooh. This one was not as obvious for me. No, it, it, this is, I think, the one that's kind of where you start to struggle the most. Um, yeah. But I think I'm going to go with Marcus. Uh, no, I'm going to go Lad McConkey. Um, the okay. problem is I know he's he's been a little bit he's, – he's struggled this year. We struggled in the Kent State game for sure. Yeah, and then he just hasn't been healthy. But I still think he's – people have to take into account he's playing out of position right now. And by that you mean like he's more of a slot guy, right? Yeah, and I think that's the biggest ideally. thing. Ideally. Yeah, ideally. And he's also been playing her, like you mentioned. I mean, he's he's gritting through this. So if you talk about like grit award, like, I mean, he could be a candidate for that. I mean, obviously with AD being out, if Ladd and AD were both out, Curtis, I mean, it's kind of slim pickings at receiver in terms of guys who actually made plays for us. So I think it's been it – it's been – very beneficial for us that he's been able to continue to play and also be able to just be tough as nails and fight through that injury. Um, I, I So, yeah, this one I had to think about a little bit more. I know this is going to sound crazy because, I mean, he's not, like, completely under the radar. People talk about him, but I don't think they talk about him enough, and that's why I'm going to undervalue. I don't think people – I think people value him. I don't think people value him enough. And I'm going to go with Darnell Washington, Curtis. Is that Ooh, crazy? Okay. 
it's not I want to go with him, but see, I'm going with him for something else. So I think okay, okay, why. fair, fair, fair. Okay, fair. And so again, let me explain. I know you're like Darnell Washington. Like people know who Darnell is. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yes, they do. They do. But hey, we we, we define these awards how we define these awards. And I'm saying undervalued. I just don't think Darnell gets enough love. I don't think he gets enough appreciation for what he does, what he does. And honestly, Chris, I don't think the coaching staff values him enough in what he can bring to us no. in the passing game. Especially, I swear to God, the, I can't get in the, it in the red zone. Yeah, I just Curtis. He has he's got one touchdown through three, two and a half years. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I just I don't I don't understand that. But anyway, they're smarter than me. I understand that. It's just as a fan, you know, it's what we do. We we second guess things. I just I'm like Darnell, like this guy just devours footballs. But okay, but right now he is third in the team with 285 yards receiving. Now he's got 16 catches, 17.8 yards per catch. Curtis, guy's averaging 18.3 yards per catch for his career. Why do we not throw him the football more? I, I mean, I know that we have Brock Bowers. I get that. I know he's so valuable as a blocker. I understand all of that. But 18.3 yards per catch for his career, I, I mean, this, we just got to feed him the ball. He needs more touches. I, I said the same I thing do. about Dejan Edwards. When he gets opportunities, what does he do? He produces. And that's what Darnell does. So, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. But he's only got – he only had 17 total catches through his first two seasons. He's almost – Already surpassed that through the first seven games this year. Still mysteriously zero touchdowns on the year. I I don't know, man. I have no answers on that one. Um, but he's also on, on top of the the receiving numbers. I mean, actually, primarily, he's a devastating blocker, and that's where you don't. That's where I think the value falls short. It's like people don't value him enough for that. You know, we see all these swing passes and guys, you know, breaking big plays against Oregon. None of that happens without Darnell Washington out there in the perimeter and Brock Bowers as well. And in the receivers, you know, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint. But Darnell is just a ferocious perimeter blocker and inline blocker. I mean, he just destroys people consistently. And I also think he gets lost in Brock Bowers' shadow a lot of the time. I mean, if Brock wasn't on our team, Darnell would be the guy that gets all that love. But Brock is on our team. Thank God, because I love Brock Bowers. He's amazing. But because he's on our team, I think Darnell gets kind of undervalued and underappreciated sometimes. And this guy is just a flat-out playmaker for us. He just doesn't get enough chances to actually make those plays. But he makes plays on his own. He creates plays for others. So for that, he definitely gets my most undervalued player award on the offensive side of the ball. And we are not done yet, guys. I think we have, what, three or four, four more awards to hand out on the offensive side of the ball. But before we move any further, let's talk about our guys at Alumni Hall. New fall and winter apparel is flying in every single day. I know we're going down to Jacksonville this weekend, so you don't need the fall apparel this weekend. But the rest of the way, you're going to need that stuff. So make sure to stop in in-store inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center in Athens or online at alumnihall.com to find the newest and best fall Georgia apparel anywhere. And with each purchase, you rack up points on the Hall Pass Rewards program. It's really simple, guys. All you got to do is, is get some gear, get some accessories, get some Georgia stuff. And for every $150 you spend in-store or online, you get $10 towards future purchases at Alumni Hall, and there is no other Georgia retailer out there that has anything remotely close to that. So make sure, again, stop in inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center here in the Classic City or online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, Curtis, uh, this one was a little bit harder for me. Defensively, there were two obvious options there for impact freshmen. We, we, we aren't as young on the offensive side of the ball, so we haven't had as many freshmen get opportunities to, to be impact players. So the impact freshman, the a.k.a. the Brock Bowers Award for the offensive side of the ball, who are you giving that to, Kurt? My freshman on offense has to be uh, Dylan Bell. I mean, is there another option? I mean, Branson Robinson thinks the only other option, but yeah, Branson. Well, yes, yeah, why? Why Dylan Bell over Branson Robinson? I think Dylan Bell's been doing it a little bit longer. Branson just more recently has been getting more carries to tote the rock and things. And I, I mean, I think that Oscar Dell has had a little, little bit more big plays than you've seen out of Branson Robinson. Realistically, he's played more consistently throughout the season than Branson has. I mean, you're yeah, right. I think Branson that's was. Why I go with him. Yeah, I, I Branson was. I mean, I don't want to say a non-factor, but that's not that much of a stress, right? Before the Auburn game, no, because I mean, you know, I think he was getting, he was even behind Dajun, um, and Dajun, you know, for a long time, like, he was getting some carries, but he wasn't getting what he's getting now. So he was behind him, and so you weren't seeing too much out of him. He didn't get a single carry in the Missouri game. Yeah, not one single carry. And then you come next, then the following weekend against Auburn, he almost becomes our first 100-yard rusher of the season. And that was a hell of a game, man. Like he, that, That's like, oh, wow, this guy needs more touches. We all talk about that. But that's one game. And he had a good solid game against Vanderbilt, but it you know, wasn't the, the spectacular type game he had against, against Auburn. So, I mean, yeah, that one game, you know, is that if you think that's enough to give him the impact freshman award because it was just that impressive, the other guys haven't had moments like that, then, I mean, I can hear that argument. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that. But you're right. I mean, Dylan Bell is a guy I've got on, on as my winner as well, Curtis, because he's played more consistently. I know he hasn't had a game like Ranson had against Auburn. He's got 13 catches, 131 yards, two touchdowns. But he's he hasn't necessarily started every single game, but he's played starter snaps for the last five weeks, Curtis. I mean, again, A.D. Mitchell went down the first drive of the second game of the season, and Dylan Bell came in right away, and he's now he's playing that position. He's playing A.D.'s spot. And he's playing about 45-ish percent of our snaps the last five weeks, Curtis. I mean, that's roughly-ish starter snaps, close enough to it. And I know, obviously, receivers catch the football, but they do more in our offense, especially, than just that, blocking, doing all those things. He's done a good job of that as a true freshman, and he's shown the ability to make some plays for us. And he's growing, he's getting better, he's improving. And I, I know he hasn't been like a crazy impact type guy, but I don't think we have one of those guys on the offensive side of the ball because we've got so much experience over there. It's not the defensive side of the ball. So I think if there is anybody, I'm with you on this. I'm going to go Dylan Bell. Again, I can hear a Branson Robinson argument based off just the Auburn game, but I mean, he just hasn't had that consistent level of play enough for me to give him this, the award over Dylan Bell. So I'm going to go Dylan Bell as my impact freshman as well. All right, I've got three more here on the offensive side of the ball. 
Okay, our Grit Award, a.k.a. Tough Guy Award. Again, this is the hard-nosed, tough-as-nails guy that just kind of relishes doing all that dirty work that no one else really wants to do. This one, Curtis, for me, I have a guy that I want to wax poetic about, but who are you giving your award to? I'm going to Darnell. Um, mm, good one. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of these runs on the edge, you think back to the Missouri game, a lot of those things, um, icing them out at the end of the game, it's those plays like the, the one where Brock gets us to the goal line. All that was on the back of Darnell Washington, and he has done it with pride, especially this year. Not that he didn't do it hard last year, but I feel like he's just taking a whole different approach this year, and I think he's relishing in it. You know, we've talked about it several times, many times, Chris, about how he, he was certainly contemplating entering the transfer portal after last year. And I don't know this for sure, but I think a big part of that was that he's just the lack of opportunities in the passing game. And he's seen more opportunities in the passing game. He's been more a part of the passing game. He certainly has to get He's almost hit his see his career total of, of receptions through the first seven games of the season this year. So he's certainly more of a factor, but we still primarily use him in that role as a blocker and he's embraced it and he loves it. I mean, Kirby said in, in the post-game press conference uh, after the Missouri game that at halftime Darnell came up to him and said, Hey, just coach run the football behind me, throw the football behind me. Like I will lead the way I will block my ass off for these guys. That's exactly what he did. You mentioned the, the play where Brock almost scored. That's Darnell out there doing exactly what he said, blocking his ass off. So I think that's a great pick, man. Um, I'm going to go with a different guy for a similar reason. I'm going to go with Marcus Rosamy Jack Saint. Had a question about him with the mailbag last week, so I had a chance to kind of talk about him and wax poetic there. I'll do it one more time real quick here. I love this guy. Just to reiterate it, man, I love this guy, Curtis. Just like you, the same reasons that you were saying about Darnell, that he knows his role. He's embraced his role. He has not complained about his role. You think about receivers, Curtis, and this, this idea of a diva wide receiver. Well, Marcus Rosemey Jackson is the antithesis of a diva wide receiver. This guy that if he's not getting touches, he just doesn't play. He just shuts down. There are guys like that out there. That is not Marcus Rosemey Jackson. This guy is a team player through and through. He's a willing and physical blocker. He embraces that role. He relishes that role. He helped. He has helped spring numerous big plays in the screen game and the run game. Again, never complains. That he just knows that's what he's asked to do. Coach wants me to do it. My team needs me to do it, and I'm gonna do it. Got to love those guys. You cannot have enough guys like that on your football team. He does have also 170 yards receiving on 13 catches. So he's not like he's incapable of making plays in the passing game. He hasn't been that, you know, alpha kind of guy for us. And I don't think he probably ever will be, but he can still make some plays in the passing game. He's a he's got athleticism. He's got some strong hands. But what he brings us as a as a just a physical presence out there at the wide receiver position, doing all that dirty work, man, you got to love that in this day and age. Again, the diva wide receivers where he's just like, nah, man, that's, that's not me. I'm going to do my thing. So love Marcus Rosemey Jackson. He gets my grit award. All right, Curtis, next up here, we've got two more left. The best play of the season through seven games for the offensive side of the ball, which one are you going with? I have to go with this run by Stetson. Um, I think that – that run, I don't know what it's done, but our offense was not running against very smoothly. Yeah, against Auburn, we, like they hadn't, they were kind of floundering the last, you know, two games or plus. The offense hasn't been clicking, yeah. and it, it seems like that run just opened everything up. Um, just the importance of it, because now all of a sudden the offense just seems a lot more free, and it just it just seems like it impacted the team in a strong way. Yeah, and I know Stetson's not the biggest guy in the world. I get why we don't run him enough, but I, I do think that we don't run him enough. I understand. Like, he's small. Yeah, I understand that. You can't run quarterback power Stetson Bennett. I get that. But I think there's more that we can do with him in the run game. 
that can open up this offense even more and make our just our general run game more effective. Hanging off to the running back becomes more effective when teams have to consistently account for Stetson in the run game. I just think we need to feature him a little bit more there. Um, but yeah, that that's a that was an awesome play, man. Big time play by Stetson there. I'm gonna go back to week was this week three, the South Carolina game inside Williams Bryce. To open the third quarter, Stetson Bennett to Brock Bowers, 78-yard touchdown pass. Brock just cuts the defense through the middle and just jets his way to the end zone, leaves everybody in the dust, made the score 31 nothing. It was already over. We knew that game was already over at 24 nothing, but at that point, it was over. Like, what was left of the crowd after halftime filed out. Like, they were all gone. And honestly, the curve, that that after that play, that was the most pathetic showing by a student section I've ever seen. Right after that, I mean, there weren't, a, a lot of them left at halftime for sure, but there was maybe like half full in the student section there in the end zone in williams Bryce. After that play, there might have been like three people in the student section. Maybe, maybe. The, the abs- and that, there were, and I know it's 31 nothing, I get it, but I like, talk about just absolutely pathetic showings by a student section, a fan base that gets so much credit for being this incredible fan base. It's like, are, are we sure about that? Are we sure? Are we sure? I mean, I get you don't want to see your team get their ass beat, but I mean, come on, just just bad. But that was an awesome play, man. So for me, definitely got to go Stetson to Brock, 78-yard touchdown against South Carolina. And finally, Curtis, I'm curious where you go with this one. Offensive MVP. So again, this is a player whose contributions, this is how I define it, have been most critical to the team's success. Curtis, I think there's there's two players that I was going kind of back and forth on here. But who ultimately end up getting your offensive MVP award? Uh, my offensive MVP is definitely Brock Bowers, just because everything goes through him. Yes, I don't hate that. I mean, that he was one of the two. Do you want to take a guess at who my other option was? I was going back and forth with probably Stetson. Yeah, it was Stetson and Brock, and I get, I get Brock. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not going to give you any grief whatsoever because Brock is the centerpiece of what we want to do. Really. I mean, almost everything offensively. He's a guy that everyone has to game plan around. They're trying to take him away. Like we always talk about how defensive coordinators will make offense court offenses play left-handed. Well, making us play left-handed means taking Brock Bowers out of the game, right? For sure. So I 100% understand that. But I am going to go with Stetson Ben as my offensive MVP. And I know all the Stetson haters out there are instantly right now fumbling with their phones trying to turn this off i get them they're cussing at me i understand that i understand that shaking their head at me rolling their eyes i get all that it's fine but let's make sure we define what this award is and is not at least for me this award i don't see the mvp i never have whatever league we're talking about i don't see the mvp necessarily as like the best player i truly look at it as like the most valuable player. i think there's a difference between mop like most outstanding player and most valuable player Stetson is not the most outstanding player on our offense, all right? I understand that he is not the best player on offense. I understand that, yes, by that definition, it is Brock Bowers, hands down. No questions, whatever. Like, that's that's just the way it is. But he's still damn good, man. And he's far better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. I think some people have come around a little bit more this year, but there's still the Stetson haters out there. And no matter what you say, you're going to be able to change their minds. That's fine. No matter how he plays, we'll never change anyone's mind. That's fine. And I think you think about like how critical is he to your team's success? And yes, I know Brock is very critical to our team's success. But without Brock, I mean, I I know he's so good. But we still have Darnell, uh, who I think could be a big-time factor. In the, and he's different than Brock, for sure. But he could be a big-time factor in the passing game. I think Oscar Delp can take up some of that role, potentially. Uh, obviously, we need Brock, because Brock is a beast. But Stetson right now, 7% completion percentage, a little over 2,000 yards passing, 8.8 yards per attempt, 7 touchdowns to 1 pick. Not like 
crazy awesome numbers. The completion percentage is up about six points from last year. Um, yards per attempt is down a little bit, and that's really based off, in my opinion, the structure of what we're doing offensively. We've gone with more quick passing game, screen game, that kind of thing. So that's why your completion percentage is going to go up and your yards per attempt are going to go down. We're not taking as many play-action vertical shots on the field like we had done at least last year. But Stetson Curtis has protected the football, man. I mean, we've said this before about him this season. You know, last year, we spent all last year saying, God, there's at least like two or three game, plays a game where it's like Stetson, like, holy hell, like, what are you doing, man? He's not having those plays right now, man. And I, I'm not going to because I don't want him to change here as we go down the stretch run. But he's protected the football. He's done an incredible job. Uh, when he's been asked to using his legs, like we don't, again, we don't do a ton of design QB run stuff with him, but I think his mobility gets discounted to a degree because of that. I, I think his mobility has kept plays alive and kept drives alive for us, important drives for us. Uh, again, he protects the football. He makes good decisions. He's in control of the offense this year in a way that I don't know that he was last year. Uh, I think he's doing a great job keeping the offense on schedule. And there's also this, the quarterback position just, Honestly, Curtis, in my opinion, is the most important position on the field. And when you have a guy that's operating at a high level, not an elite level, you know, he's kind of tailed off a little bit the past couple of weeks, but still operating at a very high level at the most important position on the field, helping your team win, doing what he's asked to do, and making plays for you, then I think Stetson Bennett is going to get my offense MVP. But again, I certainly can hear the Brock Bowers argument and um, hard to disagree with that. But that does it for us today here, guys, on the Glory UGA podcast. I appreciate you guys being here. We always appreciate you guys being here. I know it was a bye week, so there's no game to recap, but we appreciate you guys checking in anyway. But this week, guys, we got some great stuff in store for you because it is hate week. The annual cocktail party is upon us, at least cocktail party week. And we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We'll be obviously previewing the Georgia-Florida matchup in Jacksonville. I know there's a lot of people still talking about Tennessee. So whatever your mailbag questions are, if you've got questions, we want to make sure to answer those. So send those questions to us on social media. It's at Glory underscore UGA on Twitter, Glory UGA podcast on Instagram. You can also email, so that's easier for you, to gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. We want to answer those questions, guys, so make sure to send those in. We always get some good stuff each and every week, and I know this week will be no different. So make sure to check back later this week, guys. We'll have you all covered for all the Georgia-Florida coverage that you guys want. But for now, we are out of here. For Curtis, I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.